0: Hello everyone. hello hello GM 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 hello, mate. The, uh, the production value of this show is going to reduce significantly today whilst the uh, whilst the guest content is going to be incredible. but I am currently in Prague. Uh, where I'm about to go and watch the Arctic Monkeys. And so I have an hour now, but uh, unfortunately I'm unable to play any music. Um, And so... For the first few moments, I'm just going to have you guys uh, sit in silence. I'm sorry about that, but but guys, let's let's chat. How are you all? How are you today?
1: Well, Ben, I bet that you look good on the dance floor. That's for sure. We, <laughs> 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 hey.
0: Bobby,
2: Bobby, aren't you are you able to serenade us? You're you're a sit. You're a professional singer, aren't you? I
1: am a pr- pr- <laughs> <I'm>
2: well- <laughs> singer, not obviously, <laughs> obviously singer, not speaker. Jeez,
3: <laughs> <laughs> your pinned video is my morning uh, alarm, Bobby.
0: I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to this, though, today. Uh, this is, uh, there's been so much hype up on this one. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward. I've had so much support from the community of this project today. Uh, and then the last, like, 48 hours have been fantastic. So, um, guys, while I've got you here, if you could all just take the time now to let everybody know you are in this space, share it, share it wide, share it far, let them know you're here that would be really useful and of course in the corner there is a little button which i'm about to post in now and say hello you can tweet in the feed of this uh this spaces so please do jump in and uh and give us your feedback as we go but um yes as you all uh, can probably hear i'm in the middle of central europe in a beautiful city and i've just taken the time to um to come out of the bar four or five beers in so excuse me if i'm a little more loose-lipped today (laughs) um and uh yeah guys how are you all doing then You're doing better than I would in Prague, Ben. Mm. Knowing that the pints are only a pound, yeah, uh, I'd be on the floor. Well, I can tell you now, it's taken a great deal of restraint today to be um, to be very, uh, yeah, to, to ensure that I come and I am as professional as I can be because we've got some great guests. But aren't you from up north, Ben? No, I'm not. I'm a southerner. I'm a. I'm from Salisbury in England. Uh, yeah. Okay, I was going to
3: say, I thought, pints up north were like a quid anyway. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right? Yeah, no, no, it's it's, it's an actual, um, it's a, an actual saving in this instance. So let's see, who have we got today joining us? Um, good morning, good morning, friends. Can we go now, do you reckon? We've got 50 in. That's a good start, right? Should we leave it another that's, minute? Yeah, that's banging. Okay, great. Well, look. Welcome to episode three of Rug Radio NFTs Beyond the Floor. I'm Ben, your host. If you've missed the first two episodes during the last week, it's now a week since we've been live, then you've missed some fascinating insight from the Robotos Project via Mila, Toy Boogers via Doug and uh, <laughs> Doug even, and Wagmi United, um, which was an incredible, very, very fascinating. Discussion we had on Monday uh, with Preston. Really, really interesting. And you can uh, you can go back. You can look at the link tree, which is in my Twitter bio, and you'll be able to find both uh, episodes in there, which you can listen back to. I've recorded them. I'm recording this space also. So uh, if you're not able to sit through the entire duration of this space, please come back and, and finish off. I will be opening this space's series, NFTs Beyond the Floor, on Mondays and Thursdays each week at the same time, which is 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern, and 5 p.m. UK, or 6 p.m. CET, which is where I currently am. Um, I'll be joined with a panel of friends from the space who will be here continuing to bring you a show that moves discussion away from the same review of markets and discussions about the floor or the gossip from Alpha, uh, and we are really focusing on the importance of storytelling in the Web3 space and the power of narrative to make a project unmissable. So, hello to my fantastic panel of Web3 enthusiasts and friends, Mister Yellow. I'm uh, I'm saying hello to you first because I always Thanks, I always miss you out. <laughs> no worries. NFTs uh... NFT Zerk. Hello to you. Hello, hello. Bex,
4: are you there, Bex? I am indeed. Hello,
0: hello, hello. Hey Bex, nice to see you again. Are you all right? Yeah,
4: very well. Super,
0: super. Um, I've got uh, Tom Youngs. Tom, Tom, Tom. Hello, I'm very excited for this. Yeah, me too. Very, very excited. Good to see you, buddy. And then my co-host today is Bobby, just in case I run out of battery or I get rugged here in uh the czech republic and he will take over in my absence hi bobby hello there hey, hey hello hey. there so uh you mean, you mean I accidentally
2: order another beer <laughs> i've come outside well, the
4: concert starts early. i know yeah,
1: yeah, but what, what's the um what's the floor price of beer over there at the moment
0: uh i've god knows i'm just uh ordering and paying with my phone so i haven't even looked but it's cheap it's fantastic i know it's cheap um are you are you buying floors though or are you going for rares are you treating yourself yeah i've had a few very nice uh, well you know uh, i
1: recommend uh i recommend radagast prague, radagast is a f- prague, fantastic checkmate prague
0: is the home of pilsner which is one of my favorites has been a friend of mine for many years so i'm pleased to be here catching up with pilsner mm-hmm. um, a very nice Mis-
1: mr Budvar. mr <laughs> Budvar is a good one uh absolutely looks
0: looks like you're in trouble, Ben. What have you been doing? Uh, no, I'm just in a capital city. This is how it rolls guys narrative <laughs> narrative can mean so many things in web three if you can't tell, I'm reading this um I actually moving away from that, like it was absolutely fascinating to listen to Preston from Wagmi United on Monday, like building different narratives to help integrate to very different communities in terms of football fans and Web3 DGENs into the same project. I thought that was a really, really fascinating insight. It was great to get in touch with Preston. I, I really, really enjoyed that, I hope you all did. Our guests mm-hmm. today have, in my opinion, and full disclosure, I am a holder of this uh, this NFT project, but they've taken storytelling to a whole different level. Um, the story of the lab, the exposure, the contaminated, um, what they did during their pre-mint process was build a, like a cult-like following that more or less took over Twitter for a period of time. And, uh, and they managed to maintain that hype like very few projects that we've seen in 2022. Like, How many of my uh, panel here are holders of The Possessed? I'm curious.
3: I uh, I tried getting whitelist for a, a very long time and didn't manage it, so yeah, unfortunately not, but I love what the, these guys did, uh, I love the way they got the community involved when it came to winning whitelist as well, and everyone was sharing their DNA, like
0: test cards and stuff, and I was just sat there crying, not getting one, so it's amazing, yeah. and, and then they went on to mint out, and their public mint sold out, I think in like 40 seconds, and that was in the middle of what we've all experienced in the last few months, which is an incredibly difficult like trading period. And then they've gone on subsequently to deliver 6,000 Ethereum in secondary volume. So like amazing work. So I want to welcome the founders of The Possess, Joe and Tom, GM GM guys. How are you?
5: Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, very good. Thanks. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having Hi, us. Hi, Tom.
0: How are you both? Are you good? How, hey. how, how are things? Where are you both currently? Because you're, you're, you're both from the UK, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm currently in the in the
6: Midlands, but um, only temporarily. I'm kind of. I'm living a nomadic life at the moment.
0: <laughs> well, you'll get on just fine with Bobby, then our co-host, who is uh, quite the roaming traveller of the uh, Web three space,
1: and also a Midlander.
0: There we are. Um, so, quick, admin guys. Um, the format of these spaces is intended to be very open. Uh, I've got a panel of speakers who we've all met, um, the guests. And after like the 45 minute mark, I try to wrap these spaces up in an hour or so. um, I will look to invite a number of people up from the audience to give their view, ask a question, etc. So um, let's dive right in. And I guess the best place to start, guys, um, Joe or Tom, uh, either of you can ask. You can work it out between yourselves. But for those of you who don't know, um, how about a two minute summary of the possessed storyline to date?
5: Uh, I'll give this crack, Tom. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, okay, so the,
5: the narrative of the project is, um, there is this mysterious lab that, that exists, um, locked down, hidden away, um, and no one quite knows what happens there. Um, but as of January 2022, um, there has been, Uh, a bit of an outbreak building. So um, a group of test subjects who signed up to uh, participate in a clinical trial within the lab um, have proceeded to take part in that trial. But unfortunately, there's been some um, unexpected side effects and and each of those test subjects has become possessed. Um, And that, in a non-law perspective, translates to a, a 10K collection of fully animated PFPs that transition from a blessed state uh, to a possessed state. Um, so each NFT uh, is, a, is an animated GIF that transition between the two. Um, and that, that whole kind of narrative is then wrapped up in our kind of wider um, uh, execution. So within the Discord with our Twitter and general marketing, you know that the concept doesn't just live within the collection itself it kind of lives in in all of the executions uh, surrounding the project as well
0: I am here sorry i just put myself on mute um amazing thank you and and so like clearly you know we've all followed this since January 2022 um and uh like, guys, in my opinion, you absolutely nailed it in terms of premium and, and growing that storyline and, and, and really pulling people in in terms of their engagement. Like, what does storytelling mean, story mean to your project and your team, right? Like, tell us a bit more about your team and how you've built this. Um, what's the right word to use here? How you've, how you've built out a, uh, like a storyline that, that really means so much to you guys to follow.
6: um yeah it's one of one of those things that that happened like quite like organically i don't think we we planned it that much i think from from uh, probably more from like joe's background in in branding i think what, what we wanted to do was like bring a story that just kind of uh was kind of just a bit more than just the just like yeah we're launching like an nft project with like this utility or whatever like we kind of we we wanted to bring people along in a journey and a story and to um to make it feel like immersive like through that and i suppose and a, a lot of the times the kind of the story that we created also had like um like a, a dual purpose in, in some respects like it, there was functional elements to it as well in terms of like why we would like create certain kind of uh, bits of the law, and and actually it was one of those things that just started to like uh like fall into place over time and like you you mentioned like team and um like we like we brought on the our, our mods are called the lab the lab techs um and i think actually that was something that that we we picked out as a of a community suggestion when we were like actually thinking about hiring our first mods and and I think someone mentioned it like in a, in a twitter comment or something being like oh this should be the lab techs. and 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 that in itself was like probably like a throwaway comment by by somebody but that in itself just adds to that kind of like universe that lore and keeps everyone like immersed in this um in this place and then i suppose we just started to like double down on that cuz we saw people love it and so like joe created all like the custom pfps of the techs and um with their lab coats and their goggles and things and um i it, it's felt like this story has been like really important to people like becoming engaged and staying and like like just staying um connected to the project and to, to what we're what we're building yeah and
5: to add to that i think one of the things that's really interesting and um it kind of varies in, in the approach slightly is as the kind of narrative grows and, um, the storyline evolves, some of that, as Tom said, was not necessarily planned from the very front. And, you know, if this is a, this is like a 10 season TV show. We haven't written every episode and, um, we don't have a narrative for every one of those seasons. And so as we go, we can kind of evolve that story, um, organically along with the community and have them kind of feed into that narrative which i think is really fun um but i think the one thing that you do have to have planned is the general underlying concept um you have to have that from the very beginning so that was something from a brand perspective and an art perspective that we we worked on relatively early to make sure that you had the kind of strong enough foundations for a narrative to kind of build on and i think you don't always see that with NFT collections. Sometimes, you know, the the, the um, easy example is like a derivative project where it's just a it is that it's a derivative of somebody else's idea and therefore that that there is no kind of underlying concept there, it's just a kind of facade in in some respects. Whereas I think yeah, what we wanted to do from day one was really kind of define that underlying concept to kind of give us the launch pad to, to go on to to write those episodes in, in that metaphor i gave
0: and that's really interesting actually and, and this is uh this is an, an off uh, an off question question um so for, for those of you guys that don't know like i do provide these questions in advance to the the people that come on on and join us just so that they have time to prepare a little bit and give us the most insight as possible but Essentially, it feels like what you guys are doing is 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 creating the platform to then build a brand upon, as opposed to like defining your brand absolutely at the beginning. And this is what you're all about. Do you do you think that's a fair a fair assumption? Did you guys hear me there? Because I think I may have just rugged out for a minute. Did you hear me? Yeah, right? no, I, I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I don't know. I
5: think it's a bit of both. Like, I, I feel like actually the sort of foundations of the brand and that like what we're about and our sort of values and, and the reason we exist are there from the start. But I think, I think what evolves naturally and what can come sort of piece by piece is the execution of that idea and the execution of those values. Um, so the collection itself is kind of like the first stage of that execution alongside kind of various marketing pieces. But it, because you allow that narrative to kind of grow naturally, um, things can kind of get bigger and broader and different and evolve in lots of different areas. But I think having that brand sort of defined up front is kind of really crucial.
0: Awesome, awesome. And and guys, like um, uh, panel panel members, please feel free to jump up and ask any questions along the way. But sure. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump into the next one really, which is like what. given the hype surrounding your project what's been the biggest challenge when it comes to managing people's expectations and then like being able to continue to roll out the lore of the lab and your project so what what are the what are the the challenges that you guys are finding right now in this space
6: yeah i think i think one one of the the challenges is that with the with the law and the kind of the story around the lab being this kind of mysterious like secretive place and um i think what one thing we're we're having to balance is how much uh we're secretive and transparent as a project uh in order to kind of maintain that like mystery um and not kind of ruin it by by being um just kind of not by breaking the fourth wall essentially but also balance that with like transparency and like clarity for like holders especially new holders who who perhaps haven't been through like the the journey and so like a bit more kind of what is obsessed about like why should I hold it all that sort of thing um I think we're, we're we're I think we're slowly trying to like finding that balance like, i think like spaces like this actually give us a platform to kind of break the fourth wall a bit whereas a lot more of our like written content i think is a, is a bit more um
1: well is, is more like law and mysterious oriented um you yeah. mentioned breaking the fourth wall um what's your background do you have a theatrical or filmmaking background for this storytelling is that you you mentioned fourth wall. not many people would know what that meant so i'm quite intrigued
6: uh, no, not at all. I don't know if Joe does, but uh, maybe I've just like what, watched too many films and played too much World of Warcraft or something. Um, so, like, but uh, yeah, no, no particular kind of theatrical background or anything. I think it's just maybe a, a enthusiasm for yeah, like like film and fantasy and um, the importance of story in in
1: gaming yep. and brand. I think storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great tool. Uh, it's been used to like. I mean, there's a great films where they've used fourth wall breaking, and I think where, you, like you said, you're you're behind the scenes of you telling your own story. Um, I'm wondering if there's any sort of like personal journey in the background or any BTS stuff that's you, you've been doing. Not BTS, the band. Uh, I know the army will come after me if I say anything bad about them, but I mean behind the scenes. Um, but like, have you been documenting the process at all, like your own story, not just the possessed story?
6: Oh Jenny Go Joe? Now you go. Um, we actually we we need to do more of that. Actually, like one of our like earliest like uh, like blogs that we did on Mirror was like documenting a lot of the like behind the scenes of uh, this was like more on the technical side of like the the building of like like we built a whole generator and stuff and 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 the the kind of blog kind of traversed not just like how we built it but also like my own personal frustration and bugs and stuff that I encountered on the way which I think people like really appreciated that and loved like learning about that and it's one of those things that there's a whole whole long list that I've got of of stuff that I'd love to like spend a bit more time kind of writing for the community like whether it's like other things we've built or or like you said kind of like more like personal journeys that that we've been on like to get to this point um (laughs)
0: I can absolutely like uh, relate to what you're talking about working with a project myself in the sense that it's very, very difficult to build a narrative that you can then st- storm ahead with and then be like thinking about, okay, well, there are other people who are just going to stumble across this project right now. And I need to make sure that they are able to pick out all the information that they need so that they're able to come on board and join us. And so balancing those two narratives is really, really important. Bex, I can see your hand's been up for a while. What what do you want to add there?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, well, firstly, it's so lovely to hear of such a success story from this side of the pond as well, in what is a very US dominated uh, space that we're in. I have to say, it's just always really refreshing. So congrats guys. Um, I was just intrigued to kind of, well, this is a two part question. I was intrigued to kind of find out who your inspiration was before you kind of started the project because I was reading something today about the Bored Apes and how things need to change from all of the projects at at a certain time that just followed essentially the strategy and the roadmap that was obviously a success for them. Was there anyone that kind of, Uh, you know we now need to see something different and people sort of disrupting the space in a different way was there any any particular projects where when you were kind of building your knowledge of the space before launching that was really inspiring to you and then my second part of that question was uh, I know one of you worked in branding before this I'm not sure uh, what, what the other kind of did but in terms of leveling up your skill sets once things started to really take off what kind of resource did you need how did you kind of Build your team and, and get the right people on board to kind of really maximize on the uh, momentum that you got once things started to take off?
5: Yeah, good questions. I think uh, I'll, I'll take the first one. So, um, in terms of inspiration, there's definitely projects that Tom and I each are uh, fans of and holders of, and, and were kind of our kind of gateway into the space, uh, which I'm happy to mention shortly. I I think initially the inspiration was almost, for me anyway, it was almost like anti-inspiration because it was kind of November time uh, when we were kind of really sitting down to think about what we wanted to do. Um, And I don't know if it was just my Twitter feed, but it seemed to me like every project launching was some kind of derivative, it was like a crossover of two projects, you know, I'll take, I'll take doodles and I'll mash it up with you know, whatever the other project is and we'll create this new thing. And um, I think that was my kind of frustration that we got into this cycle of, uh, as you said, you know, Board Ape had great success. There were other successes and that, that informed and created a recipe that everybody then just followed and prescribed to. And, and it just meant that there was nothing particularly unique happening, or it was much more rare to see someone doing something very different and unique. So, I, I think our starting point was like, if we if we're going to do something, let's try hardest to make it different and try and make it our own thing. Um, and I think from that point, it kind of sort of became the idea that um, informed. The kind of two areas of key decisions that we needed to make at an early stage, and so one of those decisions is a concept level. Um, let's make sure we're doing again something different and um, something that's interesting in the space that we can then build from and we can kind of fall in love with. And then the other side of that is the execution. So you know, uh, and we I've mentioned this in spaces in the past. Uh, initially, we kind of were like, let's put PFPs in a box for a minute and not couldn't even consider doing those because it felt like that was the market was so flooded with that. Um, but I think th- the reason we've done that is, again, we're trying to strive for something to, the, quite different. And I think in the end, what we realized was that, you know, a PFP project in itself is not necessarily an issue, but the way it's executed needs to be different and unique. And so the concept informed that the art style hopefully informed that. And then in particular, where we had the two sides of a character, and it animated was when we kind of really kind of resolved, we we're onto something that really sets us apart from, from the existing market. Um, so I think that was kind of like for me where the inspiration sort of came from. Um, but I think some of the projects early on that in particular, I was kind of a fan of was, um, there was wagging interfaces which never kind of materialized in the end. I, I loved what they were doing as a project purely from a sort of execution perspective Um, i'm also a big fan of marcus invisible friends and dead fellas and creeps as well i think what they do from a narrative and execution perspective is always great um so yeah those are some of the projects that uh, i'm always a fan of tom i don't know if you want to take that second
6: question yeah what was the what was the second question again (laughs) Uh,
4: (laughs) it was just about when you got momentum and things started to really take off kind of what you did in terms of kind of resourcing your project and making sure that you weren't sort of run ragged with it all. And, you know, expanding the team is often something that I tell a lot of creators, you know, you've got to invest in a good team to get behind mm. you and do that in the right way. And It would just be good to kind of hear that from your side and what your, your sort of strategy around that was.
6: It's easy. Just don't sleep for five months and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: We've,
6: we've probably like expanded our team, we, well, we did expand our team, like, quite slowly. Like, like we didn't, like, for example, like, we didn't uh, have, like, Discord till about, like, I think 100,000, like, followers and things and, and until that point. And so that meant we didn't have any kind of mods or anything. It was still, like, Joe and I, like, managing the Twitter account. Um, I think Gigi, our, like, community lead, was perhaps at that point still, like, only working with us, like, part-time. So it was really just, like, like two and a half, like, of us, um, and then, yeah, I think like Gigi was our first hire and, um, he kind of like, uh, I can't remember how we got introduced. I think it was just through a collab conversation and then ended up just essentially just doing a bunch of stuff like for, cause he loved the, loved the project. And I think that it was one of those things that we didn't go out and recruit and hire. I think at the time we just like, they were a good person to, provide us with a bit more of like a although Joe and I were very much like NFT enthusiasts and bought and sold and stuff we were nowhere near like on kind of crypto Twitter all the time and embedded in the communities and embedded in the culture quite as much as, as, as GG was and they were like a really good like addition to our team to help us like with that like guidance and so they were the first and then with the the mods and the lab tech team after that I think that uh one thing that we really wanted to do was be quite uh yeah careful with our like mod hiring in that we like you said it's really important to get that early team right and I think we also didn't want to I felt a little bit like sometimes mods in teams were treated a bit like uh, like second class like team members not really as team like you got team and then you got mods and I I, I thought that that actually kind of wasn't necessarily like a, a good dynamic and so I think we 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 hired and we're really kind of quality conscious about the kind of team that we hired and a bunch like we did like our, like our head mod essentially is um, Dr. Shush and uh, they came through like essentially we already knew them and um, they've been like a great person to kind of really like uh, just be a, like a good operation, like discord operations, keeping that all in order, doing a lot of the admin around that. Like, um, aligning all the all the lab techs, and um, that was kind of, it was also quite a slow process, and I think that we maybe onboarded like one or two lab techs to begin with and then just kind of added slowly as we found kind of capacity uh, like um, being a, being an issue, really. We're, basically, we were just quite slow and steady with the whole thing, which which worked fine for us, I think. Great. great
0: guys, this is uh, this is super and, and uh, Beck's great questions, great questions. Um, Tom, Tom, what 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 are your views, buddy?
2: Yeah, I've got a question for the guys. Um, I I just remember being so um, so enthralled back in I think it was January, wasn't it, when you guys first first made the announcement and you did something that was relatively rogue back then, which was you said that you had no intention of launching anytime soon and in fact that you were planning on on launching around june uh, kind of middle of the year and that was months away and that was very uh, kind of a uh, very against the grain when it came to kind of launch mechanics um can you tell us a little bit about your thought process around that at the time why you why you wanted to go against what everyone else was doing
5: yeah i think in that instance um that decision wasn't made to be different i think that decision was made just from our experience in building businesses and and products um, and brands knowing that if you want something to be good it takes time and um, if you want to try and turn something out and, and mint it within a month um, it's you know you're going to really compromise on the quality the the flip side of that is you could spend a long time doing it and then announce and then um, uh, mint immediately but I think our decision was to kind of build in public um and and I think that in part was you know we were kind of new to the to the game you know it was the first project we were building we didn't really know we know even ourselves didn't have a uh sort of presence on social media at the time, so there was no kind of sense that you know, we had absolutely zero idea that this was going to be a success or we were going to build any sort of sense of following um or what the kind of attention would be on it so it didn't make any sense to invest months and months of work to then try and launch and have no kind of sense of if it would be, um, you know, if we'd be able to get sufficient eyes on it. So we decided to launch and just build in public and, you know, share traits and hear community kind of feedback along the way, which, you know, I think was one of the best decisions to be made because it meant that we were able to kind of build the community whilst we built the product, uh, the project and the community was able to, see what we were doing as we were doing it, and also um, interact and inform what we were doing. So, you know, we did art competitions. We had, um, you know, written, creative narrative competitions. And so there was always this kind of like stream of creativity coming through from our community. Um, And that was like a really great, um, you know, thing to engage with. And, you know, I'm sure there are ideas that came from, you know, as Tom mentioned with the the lab techs earlier, you know, there are ideas that came from the community that ended up being incorporated into the project. So yeah, that was kind of why we decided to
1: to launch in that way. Fantastic. Bobby,
0: Bobby, views.
1: Yeah, so um I know what it's like to sell out a project and to experience burnout and um be all caught up in the adrenaline and then the little like down candle straight after that. Um how have you dealt with um that sort of influx of adrenaline and emotions of selling out a project, the massive buildup that you had towards it, which was incredible marketing. It's some of the best I've seen in this space. And then all of a sudden you've sold out and things wane. Like how have you dealt with keeping that sort of momentum going? Um, And are you looking after yourselves? And like you said, you've been doing five months of no sleep. I've been there. I've done that. I know what it's like. Um, How are you managing that post-mint burnout, stress, uh, as well as keeping a community engaged? Uh, You may have answered a few of those questions already, but um, I just want to elaborate that, just because I think it's important to keep people's mental health really uh, at the forefront of all of this uh, stuff that we're doing. Um, So, yeah, if you want to answer that, that'd be great.
6: Yeah, the I think that like I don't think I realised like how much. I was like running on like adrenaline until kind of like post like mint day, I think. Cause like Joe, Joe kind of like, like, yeah, jokingly said about kind of, yeah, five months of no sleep, but definitely like the lot, like the kind of final, uh, at least the final like two month stretch, I think was, was pretty much like, was, was pretty much that um, just to kind of get it over the line. And, and I think it was this, there's all this like, I'll get to the post in a minute, but there's all this like stress and anxiety and work that like, especially for our time period of like six months or almost of like, and all relying on essentially a 24 hour period. It's just like, it's unlike anything that that Joe and I built before. Like when you build a a startup, it's like a lot like different to that. It's a lot more like iterative and it's a lot more um, kind of like, have markers along the way whereas this was kind of this felt like all or nothing of like six months of work is it gonna is it gonna succeed um and i think that like mint um it is actually like i think i underused like we had some friends of ours uh who was telling us who were like jealous of us being pre-min and they were like oh post postman's like way way worse like oh i wish i was you guys and like we kind of like we kind of like bat- batted it off being like "Ah, oh, like I can't like this is this is tough right now like I can't imagine postman but actually I think yeah the the, the mental health side is actually a real and the balance is a real I found I like, personally found like a real challenge of of transitioning into this like postman period and especially in a bear market where I think the expectations of are like a lot it's weird I think the expectations in a bear market are a bit higher um, but the the market are is not there to support those like high expectations and I think that we are still like probably haven't found our like correct balance yet of 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 how we kind of like both keep the community engaged and and maintain the kind of quote-unquote like hype although I don't really like using that word um, while also like building like real like value and longevity for the for the product and the brand because i think that ultimately like that is like our like vision around like inspiring creativity and all that and building that through the storytelling and the lore is like where we want to go but also like we we can't just be like six months in a cave building and then and then release like we have to kind of like bring everyone on that on that journey like we did like premium um so yeah i think it's like long-winded answer is like it is it is a really tough transition and I don't claim to like have have got it right I think like you've just got to stay healthy and like learn as you go have good people around you like we said with the team Um, take take time for yourself as well and don't don't feel like that's like a bad thing to do despite what some like trolls on Twitter might
1: think otherwise or on Discord. I've
6: um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> been <yeah>. there, man. <laughs> I mean, the burnout is real and it, it can get you. And then, like, it's really, it, it becomes harder to deal with that, like, FUD that comes in from people when you are on the last, like, little string of your, 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 like, wow, well, I can't even speak, but like, trying to be awake and deal with FUD and people coming into discord and being this, that and whatever is, is kind of difficult. So uh, it's commendable, man. Like this is, this no easy fiat, like being like starting a project, then selling it out and then getting through to the next level of, you know, managing that as it goes along. It's, it's all, it's like, you're wearing lots of hats. I mean, how many hats do you wear each? Like at the moment, are you, have you delegated much or are you, you still wearing a lot of hats?
6: I think we're both still wearing a lot of hats, but definitely if like de- delegated a bit more, like like our our whole like lab tech team is like awesome at, at kind of um, dealing with a lot of the, the like both FUD and just general questions in discord that kind of inevitably comes like day to day. And they're, they're like, they can just be like they're at a point now where it's just essentially like it's kind of hands off from like Joe and I in dealing with all that day to day aspect of it and, um, and then also we brought on like we brought on the field techs now, which are a bit more out in the community. People who were in the community now we've kind of brought on um, more officially to kind of uh, keep the community engaged, and it allows mm-hmm. like allows Joe and I a bit more headspace to focus on a bit more of the the bigger like bigger projects, like more vision stuff. Yeah. Um, things what's
1: like that. what's the main bit of fudge you get? Like what what do people come? What's like the main thing people seem to harp on about? And you can't say floor price. because oh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is beyond the floor.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, what, is, what is the main bit? I think I think it, there's a little bit about like like our, our level of clarity and communication with the with the project. Uh, a little bit going back to the point earlier around balancing like law and transparency. So there's been there's been a bit of that and um, and being like and saying that like we're too vague about stuff and i suppose we've we've tried now to incorporate some regular like office hours and regular like town halls and like as a a balance like those things can be the balance to the law that kind of permeates more consistently and more constantly um and so there's, there's a bit of that and um and then i think yeah just more like general kind of like I mean, it is, right now, it's just mostly floor. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've missed anything. What do you think? Uh,
5: I think, yeah, I mean, I think they are the kind of the main things. One of the other things is um, we do, uh, we part of an initiative called Shut It Down Sundays. So our Discord closes down on Sundays. And I think um, there's some frustration in the community that that happens and, um, you know, that it's sort of Web3 is seen as a 24-7 space and, you know, if people want to onboard into a project on the weekend, is there any free time? You know, what, you know what's the impact of shutting down? Um, but, you know, we've kind of made that decision as part, you know, as the team to kind of have a little bit of time where we can switch off from Discord um, and protect, you know, we were talking about mental health there, Um make sure that we we have uh, enough energy in in our reserves to be able to kind of continue building. Um, so I think that's one thing. And the other thing, you know, that Tom mentioned about, sort of communication um, and and I think that kind of comes back to like the, the different hats that we still have on and uh, we're still there's still a couple of gaps in the team that we're kind of looking to um, you know work out the best way of moving that forward but I think one of the the areas and the, the hats that we still have on is that we're still very much in control of the sort of public facing narrative of um, what we announce and when we announce it and what goes out and um, and I think you can, you can actually sort of just see by looking at our Twitter, You know, throughout the whole process, you can see when we're really active on Twitter and when we're less active, you can kind of determine uh, how far into build mode we are. Um, and so we kind of go a little bit quiet when we're kind of in heavy build mode, which we are at the moment. Um, but I think that's one of the areas where we could probably
0: improve. Awesome. Guys, uh, I'm going to reset the room a moment just for, uh, for two reasons. First reason is uh, we've got lots of people in the space. And so it's really important to say this is Rug Radio. I'm Ben, uh, and we are talking NFTs beyond the floor. Uh, we've got guests here today, Tom and Joe from The Possessed, which is an incredible project that uh, I think lots of people have really enjoyed that whole storyline and narrative. And nobody underestimates how difficult it must be to continue with that kind of uh, narrative and storyline like you guys have really really killed it in terms of how you've built that out so far i think we're all really really interested to know how you're going to continue it whether you're going to do that through continuing to operate in, in in what feels like a very very kind of like in character point of view or whether you're going to break character a little bit and invite more people in and you know there's a lot to do that um but I said there were two reasons I needed to reset the room. The second is because I'm in Prague at the moment and my battery has gone from 55% down to 5% in the 40 minutes that I've been in this show. And so I'm definitely going to drop out of this space, which is really embarrassing. However, I have Tom and Bobby who are both in, uh, you know, super duper in terms of presenting and they are going to have to continue in my wake. So I'm going to ask my final question. And I'm also going to say, Tom, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm glad that you're able to continue joining the show and speaking to the other guys. And so,
7: um, yeah, my... Uh, ben, my... could I just say something quickly, just so you know? Yeah. The, room, the room will rug when you go. Is um, that right? Yeah. So just Truth bear that in mind. <laughs> Carry on, though, mate. Uh, let's well... use it wisely. Well, it would be
0: uh, rug radio otherwise. Mm, I've got five <laughs> this, percent. This is super embarrassing. And what what might be great is I know that Annika from the Possessed is actually here via the Possessed's uh, own um, uh, Twitter. And what might be great is if we all say right now that we will all jump straight back into uh, the show with possessed uh, immediately after this and then you're all able to um to finish up so i'm really really sorry that this has happened it's very very embarrassing from my yeah, side. If, if,
7: from... if someone's starting that um do it now schedule it and um post it up the top so yeah can... everyone can join so uh so
0: yeah there you go rug radio it is uh, my final question was about the um the vending machine uh mechanic you you've you've released you've airdropped this token to everybody and you have the vending machine can you tell us like a little bit more about it and how the storyline was developed and i'm going to put myself on mute and i'm going to lock my phone so that i can savor my battery
5: do you want to take this tom i'm going to try and
6: sort out the uh space for the so sure. yeah um So yeah, the, so the vending machine is, uh, like again, another part of our like law. And it's something that like, I think the community started when we had the, the waiting room, which was essentially where our test subjects were living in discord and they're in the waiting room and think of it like a kind of doctor's waiting room and you've got the vending machine in the corner. And so it kind of all all started from, from there. And we wanted to bring that to life. Um, and it's starting with these like vending machine tokens that we that we air And what you'll essentially be able to do um, in the next couple of weeks is uh, like put that uh, vending machine token into the the vending machine that's going to be delivered uh, to the lab. And um, then there'll be a bunch of different items in the machine that you'll be like randomly be able to get. Some with kind of more more rarity than others. Um, and for the most part, like not every item, but for the most part, um, all of the items you will be usable um, with uh, slash on your uh, possessed NFT in some different way, shape, or form. Um, but that is that is all we're kind of revealing at the moment. And again, sorry for the mystery.
0: i love the mystery i love the mystery. so uh absolutely fine nft zerk go for it yes
3: yeah i've got a couple of questions i mean personally i don't think your floor hold holding up too bad considering the market right like we're in such a bad state right now um, i'm seeing so many behind the scenes just project founders that have just disappeared they've left their projects high and dry so the fact that you guys are still building and you know putting stuff together and actually treating it like a, a real business is you know admirable i love that um i do have a question though and it's a bit i might put you on a spot a little bit and i apologize but you know, you're you're doing all these extra things, and you have different parts of your roadmap with more collections and added benefits to current NFTs. You mentioned that you want to inspire creativity. Um, is that something that you want to bring through the project into like the real world? Is there going to be real world utility connected to the NFTs? Is there something you can talk about that, like, what's the backup plan if, you know, three months down the line, NFTs have gone to shit, no one likes PFB collections, and like, what what's the what's the goal? And i I apologize for putting you on the spot. No.
6: No, no, that's, that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think our, like, one thing that Joe and I have talked quite a lot about is that we want to build something that uh, creates, like, like, outside of our vision and stuff, just, like, kind of even breaking that fourth wall. Like, we want to, like, build something that um, does drive revenue beyond just kind of, like, NFT, like, secondary sales, because I think that we feel like that is the best way to kind of ensure like longevity for for the brand and for the business um I think the, the 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 interesting part to that is like how can we do that while also creating this like symbiotic relationship for like holders so whether it's kind of um like what one of our like there's some like roadmap items on there which is about our like p4sd um devices and a lot of that like roughly speaking is about kind of taking some of the tech that we've built um, behind the scenes and turning them into products that like other people can use. Um, Now that being said, like that's obvious, like it's not that like every holder is going to want to use something that does like art layering or does like allowless raffling and things like that. But I think there are like really interesting ways to uh, bring in our holders so that they can benefit from those products being out in the world and being used by other um, other projects and um, like we don't necessarily have any like we have got some ideas nothing concrete at the moment um, but I think like that is like long term what we want to do and I think there's like different strands to how we think about inspiring creativity like that in particular is, is very much about like providing tools for creatives to like empower themselves to to launch projects and to get their work out in the world um and then the other part i think of how we think about inspiring creativity is us just building creative experiences for our holders to be a part of so the kind of vending machine tokens and the vending machine in general is very much just like and our whole Discord experience, everything, a lot of the stuff pre-mint we did is about kind of inspiring creativity through these experiences. And so people so people can go away and either like launch a launch their own project or even like outside of web three go away and be like, Oh, I, I I did this really cool thing in the kind of possessed Discord or I did this really cool. Th- they 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 airdrop this thing and then I could use the item and all that sort of thing. And that in itself can kind of inspire and spark things in others. Um that's kind of how we
0: think about it yeah i love this guys i absolutely love it i'm still on four percent which is great because that was five minutes so let's keep going and and one of the things I, i i'm really really eager to know from you guys is like in terms of like web3 creating brands right you mentioned earlier doodles which is a great example in terms of a brand that's trying to trying to do so much more than be just a web3 project like what do you guys think the magic ingredient would be in terms of like helping web three brands transcend the space? What do you think is really killer and really necessary for that to happen?
6: Oh, that is a a great question. And I don't think I have a good answer. Um, I think that I feel like there's the, a lot of the web three and I think at the moment, like we're a bit guilty of this than ourselves. Like we live in, we live in this kind of bubble a little bit, whereby it can be quite like alienating to people outside of it to get involved. And I think that um, one of the ways I think that what we'll need to do as a whole kind of like whole industry is to bridge that like Web two Web three gap is like just make firstly make everything a lot like easier to like understand. And so, and what I mean by that is like, I think it's for us, it's like very obvious that, like, okay, I hold this, I have utility, I have a roadmap, I have this and that, I join the Discord and all those sorts of things. But I think for others, like, well, I mean, there's a huge swathe of people who, unless you're a gamer, you've never used Discord in your life. And even that in itself is like a barrier. And so I think we've got to figure out like how how web three projects interact better in like the web two world and kind of without though, like alienating web three. Cause I think that's the other aspect of this is that often like if you're um, like, I was actually the, the other day there's this project that um, uh, I think it was like non fungible people or something. And I think they have a partnership with like, uh, I want to say like, I could get this wrong, but I want to say like Clinique or something. Um, and I thought that was like really interesting because I imagine that's something that's like maybe like hated on by like Web three, but actually like for a Web two audience is like really, um, really different and really interesting and actually quite useful. And I think that maybe that's one thing that's quite hard to, to strike the balance of as a Web three Web two project is like how do you how do you cater to to the Web two audience and the Web and doing things in Web two while not alienating your like, your core base so to speak. Um, I don't really have a good answer, but like that's, I suppose, some of the things I think about. I think um, just to
5: add briefly to that, you know, I think Web two and Web three. I actually think of... that is a really great
4: answer. I don't know if you guys can hear me.
5: Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I just to add to that, I think um, the the kind of. It's interesting. Like Web two is obviously very different to what we have in Web three, but I think the sort of principles and and uh, of brand in general kind of going to be very similar across both. Um, And I think ultimately it will come down to concept uh, and purpose um, alongside execution. I I think at the moment, you know, a lot of Web three is kind of built on you know the the technology and the innovation, and that, that this is an entirely new space, and and that you know fuels a lot of the excitement that people who are already in Web3 are here for. But I think if it's to kind of scale and become a lot larger, it needs to be more than just the kind of like foundational technology it's built on. I think brands are going to need, you know, we're talking about narrative today. They're going to need narrative and they're going to need a concept and they're going to need that reason to kind of believe and buy into it in the same way that you do um, in any other Web2 brand. So um, I think it all comes down to what's your unique perspective on the world and and what do you offer um, people that's different to to what else is in the marketplace.
7: Hey, can I uh, jump in guys? I'm going to ride Ben's battery for all it's worth, but I think we should be very web three here. Um, So I've got a quick question and then an opportunity for you to reach out. So, How many people have you got on the team at the moment? And um, you mentioned earlier about identifying a couple of areas where you've got gaps. So what are those skill sets are you looking for? Because I'm thinking this is Web3, guys. You've got quite a good audience in here and you've got people who are going to listen to it afterwards. So it's an opportunity for you to, you know, maybe reach out for some of those skill sets you're looking for.
5: yeah i think uh so in terms of the team at the moment i think there is twelve thirteen of us um, and some of which are full time some of which are part time um and um all time twenty four <laughs> seven for certain, for some of us um, i i think in terms of those gaps i mean I don't know if they're kind of at the moment necessary specific roles um like you know an actual job role that I, I can kind of name, but i think You know, the areas that come to mind for me that um, we want to try and, you know, evolve and improve on is um, basically how we can kind of scale up our um, marketing execution. So I think at the moment, Tom and I are executing a lot on um, everything that we do, and that's to maintain the, the quality of the narrative and the quality of the execution. And I think one of the bottlenecks for us is how we can kind of do that at a much larger scale. Without it relying on us to invest that time on a consistent basis, um, but I think one of the things that we've been doing, and like you say, you know, there the may be people listening to this um, who maybe can think, "Oh, I could, I could help with that." Um, you know, we're we're very open to that, and the, the community roles. Um, so Gigi, who was our community lead, who, who left the team recently, we've um, promoted three amazing people from. The community who are community hazmats and they now fulfill those roles uh, we also had someone in the community lab report who was um, writing a kind of daily report on what's what's happening in the possessed and and he's now kind of taking a part time role to do that officially uh, and we're also doing a similar thing with uh, another community member who's helping out on the design side so yeah as a project we're like super open to kind of empowering community and bringing them into the fold where it makes sense so Um, We always have our eyes and ears open to who's adding value at the community level and, and then look to promote them.
7: No, that's a perfect way. It's a really great way to engage the community. They see a progression route into being more involved. It's fantastic.
0: Guess
2: what, everyone? Got a target. I
0: legged it back to the hotel and I'm charging. (laughs) <laughs> oh my <God>. <laughs> oh,
1: so we won't we won't have a real rug radio you we'll
0: guys a... are something else thank you so much for continuing that without me i didn't listen to a bloody word of it but
2: please do <laughs> we're just telling
0: please do you, continue you treat talking for another... a moment whilst my phone gathers more battery wonderful stuff um and uh treat yeah pretty... to bite, mate. Oh,
2: he hasn't he hasn't heard a single thing that has he he hasn't mate. he hasn't we could um, we could just as well not be here nah. <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> we actually we i was
0: listening quite closely i'll have you all. <laughs> so i do hope that some wonderful members of our audience are able to get exceptional jobs with the possessed team see i was listening yeah i
1: was listening yeah, definitely
0: guys i i had a couple of questions going
3: into the business side of things um uh, obviously, I don't know too much about you guys personally. I don't know how old you are. Um, I understand a little bit of about your background in terms of what uh, businesses you currently run. Um, Supercores, just flicking through that. What got you into business in the first place? I know it's like completely away from Web3 and possessed in general, but it's always nice to actually hear the reasoning and the kind of the backstory of these founders. So I don't know if you guys can share um, like a really strong story. From... I'm rocked. No, you're here. i you. Can you guys hear me?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah I think from my side it was um something that I guess I kind of always been naturally drawn to so I remember um even that kind of like when I was a kid sort of 16 17 trying to like pretend to be a designer um and like with my older brother he'd like oh I know someone who like has this business and like I think we should get them to design the logo and and I was like yeah okay let's do it and you know, how much could we charge? I would charge, you know, uh, 50 pounds. Okay, let, let's see if we can do that. Mate, uh, that and is. so it was always something I was kind of doing. And, and to be honest, that just like persisted throughout my entire career, really. It, it, even when I took full-time roles in sort of creative agencies, um, I would always be, my, my routine was probably finish, uh, well, rock up to work 20 minutes late, probably, work all day, work, maybe work two hours, extra hours in the evening, Go to the pub for a couple of hours, and then we work into three AM on some sort of freelance side thing, and and then repeat. Uh, and so that's kind of always my approach. And then that kind of just naturally grew into okay, what if we do this in a more official way, and we kind of create a studio and and have its own sort of brand and premise and theme, and and so it just scaled up. Um, and yeah. I, I guess Tom, yours was kind of a slightly different approach because he kind of went straight into. Um, into sort of business relatively early
6: yeah i mean um like i i think my journey i think started like at uni where like i did a like a year out um after my like second year to like work in work go work at ibm for a year and um i just absolutely hated it <laughs> uh in a very kind of classic sort of uh startup story i just kind of yeah hated it i hated the bureaucracy of it like didn't really Um, enjoy my work and didn't find it very like purposeful in general and so I kind of came back from that my my final year and just had this like spark of like creativity and just did a bunch of different like side projects from uh, being like a freelance like coder to uh, setting up a start careers fair and running a student discount card and a whole bunch of these like like kind of student-y like side projects and yeah coming straight out like it was like through that I just kind of discovered this like love for product building and and just yeah and that whole world in general and so left uni and joined or finished uni joined this program called entrepreneur first which is kind of like um a best description for it it's like the kind of london or it was anyway like the london kind of yc it's now kind of like global and uh that's where i kind of actually started a startup properly like met my co-founder um started a office space like marketplace and kind of went on that whole like VC funding like journey and yeah that was when I was like started that when I was what 22 23 I can't remember quite um and so it was kind of very much a baptism of fire in that regard and I think but then post that I I now feel like a little bit like unemployable really where I just kind of now just want to like run my own things and um <laughs> like run things the way that like i think it's the right way and build good products and yeah, all
3: yeah. Of that. yeah that's really... yeah, it's sick it's so good like there's so many projects that have come out and you kind of look at their backgrounds and it's like they had full-time jobs before they got into this nft project and it's super scary thinking that these guys are now running million dollar companies with little to no income coming in except for their initial mint out so the fact that you guys are like switched on in business is just amazing i think like your holders need to realize that that they're in safe hands it's interesting joe what you said about uh the design stuff i remember sitting there with yellow pages calling up companies because my background is design as well and just trying to sell logos making 50 quid here and there and being like fuck yeah i'm i'm going out today with the boys you know we're going to buy some beers like those are the days
1: I mean, freelance lifestyle is going to benefit anyone in this space because you really do have to put your all into it. There's no sleep. It's like there's no end of the day, like because you have to be on it all the time. Right. I've done it as a photographer. I've done it as an actor. I've done it as a voiceover, like artist. it's it's all the same. But and I think that's why if that's your background, Joe and Tom, like this is why, you know, you're a good horse to bet on. Uh, And sort of back because you've got that work ethic that is ingrained into being a freelancer, especially, especially uh, in a city like London, which is where I was a freelancer. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good horse to bet.
6: I think there's also like one thing I I I have spoken a little bit before. There's also just like like a huge amount of boring stuff behind the scenes of of doing like an NFT project from kind of just like like accounting and legal and uh, HR and all of this stuff that is actually, like, it's not, it's not just launching anything like this is not just kind of marketing art and dev sort of thing. There's a bunch of just, like, admin financial planning, financial management, and um, I, uh, a lot of this we've, like, in, in a different strain we've been through before, so it definitely has helped on that side
3: yeah like i'm sure you've sunk six months plus into something before with little to no pay just with the knowledge that it's worth it right and i feel like uh that that muscle's been trained in starting previous businesses with you guys so
1: yeah super important it makes those uh times where you were probably down and thinking like probably sat in your room at your desk and thinking oh shit what am i doing and then fast forward to now and you're like the other end of a uh, a successful project and it's, it's still carrying on and you know you've got this you've built this thing that now is built to last and it, you wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for those things that happened before 100
2: percent. It's, it's funny because we talk about that um uh, feeling down and uh actually there was a time about five six years ago when i just so happened to apply for a job at tom's company and uh i didn't make it past the second round
3: Oh no, this is really wrong, <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah,
3: burn.
5: Yeah, and
2: so, oh, so was, oh like, shit. <laughs> was, and then and then I tried for probably about three months to try and get into your Discord, and again, just wouldn't get it, yeah. Could get in. <laughs> well, no, history repeats. I'm sorry I know, about mate. That.
0: Now okay. you've got him, Tom. Tell, so funny, him, tell him everything you need to tell him, Tom. Really grill him. Let's go.
2: Oh, I, well it's just I fluttered him out for three months straight so it's fine it's just uh, <laughs> yeah he survived though didn't
7: he guys <laughs>
0: nice. uh, I, I am so conscious of time uh, I'm also conscious of the fact that I've kept you guys for uh, over an hour already um, I think your answers have been so fantastically honest which is just really really refreshing in the space and it's great in the sense that based on the fact that you're a project with such narrative that you've been able to break character a little bit. And I'm so grateful for that from you guys. Um, I am, uh, yeah. my my battery still is on 1%, even though I'm plugged in. So uh, I think think based on the fact that the questions I intended to ask have been asked, uh, I'm going to skip the bit where we ask our audience to come up. So you can all FUD me in my comments and I apologize in advance. Um, But I just wanted to say like, I am really, really grateful for the fact that you guys came up. I'm really grateful for the fact that you took our questions on the chin and that you've been able to answer them so honestly and so, like, uh, graciously. And I genuinely, as a holder, full disclosure, um, truly believe that what you guys are building from a a narrative point of view is, like, exceptional. Like, I really do believe that. Um, And I just hope that you are, given the time from your holders and your community, to really to really build that out so that we're all able to realize the true potential of what it is you guys are building because when we invest in these nfts we don't necessarily just invest in a pfp we invest in the people that are behind them and i think it's really really important and the whole kind of essence behind what i and the team here are trying to do with this show nfts be on the floor is really highlight and showcase the people and so guys possessed tom joe thank you so much for coming up and joining us
3: Cheers, lads. Legends. Yeah. Thanks so
0: much. For thanks for having, having us. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the kind words. I'm going to cut it short there. I would love to have carried on. I would love to have invited more people up. Perhaps in the future, you guys will come up and join us again, and I will be um, in the UK, in my office, with my phone plugged in throughout, and then we don't have to have this jeopardy. Sounds good. Okay, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for attending. I have recorded this, so please after the space please jump in share it with your friends let everyone know that i was an idiot and didn't bloody charge my phone enough and uh please uh thank you and join us next week uh we have got the Lobstars uh next week on monday uh that's the project that i am actually a member of the team and so with that in mind well
7: then sorry i've got a a public service announcement before we go okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay people n- remember never do what ben did do exactly. not drink in space do not drink in space that is not a good thing to do people. Uh,
0: but yeah next next week it's the Lobstars. and so because i'm involved with that project i won't be hosting and i have asked my co-host tom uh to jump up and actually host that space so i will be a member of the panel and tom here will be hosting that space so uh yes and The Lobstars, great project, I'm involved with it, wonderful artist, incredible community Awesome. Uh, but let's really focus and thank and I'd like to see all of the reactions claps to the guys from Possessed, thank you so much for coming up and joining us guys and uh, yeah, good luck to you all, see you all soon, I'm about to go get my dancing shoes on and watch the Arctic Monkeys
1: So well look forward to that Ben and uh, see you then and call me George Foreman because I'm going to be grilling you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone. Appreciate yeah, all of it. your time. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. There you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye bye-bye. bye.